afternoon and welcome back to episode three of Practical Education. I am your host, Dax Glover, along with my co-host, Brandon Romans. How are you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing great. Glad to be back, Dax. I know we've got a special guest in with us today, so I'll go ahead and let you introduce our guest Well, for before us. we introduce our guest, you know we have to do our legal disclaimer and also advertise our slot for sale. So, um, of course, this episode today is brought to you by Still Open Spot. So if you're op- if you're interested in sponsoring us, uh, you can give us the email for that, Brandon. That is practicaleducationpodcast at gmail.com, and we look forward to hearing from you on that. So also, as we are all three, uh, Brandon, myself, and our special guest today are employed by the same school district, our thoughts and opinions do not uh, represent the uh, thoughts and actions of our school district. These opinions and thoughts are solely our own and no one has coerced us to say anything so that is my legal disclaimer (laughs) and again i'm not a lawyer i'm a school principal but we do feel like we need to say that so uh of course this is episode three which is off the ground and running we appreciate so much all of you that's joining in and listening we're uh, catching people all the time saying hey i listen to your podcast and so we we appreciate you and hope that we can give you something to build upon especially if you're an educator uh, of course, episode one was teaching through the pandemic. We, we got the ins, inside of a teacher that actually taught through the pandemic in an administrator standpoint. And then episode two was the stress of the state test on a teacher. So we've had two really successful episodes, and today is going to be, might be the best one so far. I think so. As we have our guest in today with us is Miss Lacey McClung. How are you doing today, Lacey? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for accepting our uh, invitation to join us here and, of course, you were, were selected because of your excellence in the classroom. I've known you for a long time now, and you're an outstanding teacher. So uh, just you. give us a little, uh, I know you've been Teacher of the Year and those type of things, maybe in multiple counties Teacher of the Year. So, so you know, tell us, tell uh, the people out mm-hmm. there your credentials and why you're on here. Okay. Well, I have a bachelor's degree in secondary English education from Mississippi University for Women and um, a master's in educational leadership from Arkansas State University. Um, I have taught in grades 5 through 12, so I really have experience at every level. I've, I taught at an elementary school my first year. I've been in two middle schools, and now I'm at the high school level. And this is year 21 for me. So definitely a lot of experiences over those Absolutely. grades. So 21 years experience, so you, you've, probably, you've probably seen a little bit of all, you've probably done a little bit of it all. For sure. Uh, students of, of different backgrounds, socioeconomic status, the whole nine yards. So that's why one reason why we particularly targeted you and, and just to get into a little talk with you today. So as I was in your classroom, I don't know, a year or so ago, I saw you walking around with this clipboard and it had all these plus and minuses with all the students' names on it. And you took a, a moment to, to give me the brief version of that and I was fascinated by it. I thought it was one of the, the best educational tools uh, daily classroom documentation that I had ever seen. Thanks. So uh, we're going to give you a, a chance to talk a little bit about that today. And of course, you know, I did a little uh, research on this and I did found, find one article, 2022 article in a magazine called The Intervention in School Clinic. And it just talks about that academic progress monitoring is ex, uh, is essential when uh, implement, implementing, I can't talk today, Brandon, geez. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, differentiation structure and those type of things. And it also is proven according to these authors in 2002 uh, research that has shown that um, actively involving students in progress monitoring and performance feedback and goal setting can lead to um, higher academic achievement. So it is important, according to the research, not my opinion, that's according (laughs) to the research, 
that documentation is important throughout the classroom. So just tell us a little bit about your documentation method. Okay. Um, well, I created a chart in a Google Doc. I prefer to print them because I can walk around with that clipboard and my pencil. I can't really chart it on my iPad in real time because I use my iPad for the projector. So that's why I have a paper copy and also I just find it really quick to be able to jot. But the chart lists every student in that class period and I have a column for each day of the week. And at the top of each day of the week, I have a spot to write in the skill we're learning that day. And so after the exit question, I put a plus if they get the exit question correct and a minus if they miss it. So at the end of the week, I can look at the skill we've been working on or skills if there were multiple ones. And if a student has missed three out of the five exit questions, I know on Friday I really need to pull that student and work with them one-on-one. -on -one. Or I might use it for grouping certain students together so I can work with an entire group at one time who are not doing well. I usually put their grades for assessments on that chart as well too so I can just see at a glance exit questions and their assessments and see if I can find some patterns. Well Lacey let me ask you uh, one other question now. Um, I was actually able and I was actually lucky to get to observe you when I was beginning my teaching career and I was fascinated by the whole uh, process that you had for the documentation so I just I just want to know basically when did you go to this method because I have tried to adopt it early <laughs> on because I saw how effective that yeah. it was in the classroom but what point in your career did you go into using this or formulating this? Yeah um, well for the first 12 years I taught in a different district and it was a pretty high level socioeconomic mm -hmm. situation when I moved to my current district I noticed I was getting a lot more students with special needs with behavioral disorders um, who were living below the poverty level and just had a lot of special needs in general and so I started doing a lot more documentation and I was just doing that in a notebook and I found myself writing the same thing over and over inattentive you know uh, mm -hmm. talking out disrupting and so I made a code for those behaviors that I see on a daily basis. So I could just put I for inattentive and it just made it a lot easier. I could chart it in real time and very quickly and see patterns with, well, was it was something we were doing that day was difficult for them. That was the only day they were inattentive or talking out, or is it every Monday? Because maybe they haven't had their medicine all weekend. And so it helped me to see patterns that I could talk to their parents about or talk to admin about or talk to the student about. And I mean, this is actually really, I mean, this is concrete data that yeah. you can pull out and, and have. So if a parent does have a question right. or if admin has a question, you're able to give a real time yes. day by day, accounting of what's going on right. and, and that that's what I found so yeah. uh, useful for your yeah and very specific details like talking out or disrupting three times in one week so that's been very helpful well I, I can speak to an administrator standpoint of I know when a, a failing student comes across my desk I immediately go to the teacher and say you know what what are some of the things that they're doing why are they not achieving mm -hmm. And, and you in particular, I mean, you, you pull that notebook right out and you say, and it's just like, well, I mean, that, that's the reason right. there it is. So it, I know it makes my job a lot easier. Right. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a little more work on you. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, there's no, there's no denying that. Yeah. Um, 
but so we can have those those conversations with the parents right. and the students and say, look, you know, because a lot of times it's kind of mind blowing to a student. Well, I didn't know I disrupted class exactly. six times last week. Yeah. And of course, those are conversations that you have with the parents and the administrators can have with the mm -hmm. students and the parents. So that's, you know, that's great. Um, so what are some of the benefits that you see from this method and maybe... Um, well, just, I'll just let you go with that. Yeah. What's some of the benefits? Well, the main thing is I have every student's name listed. There's always that quiet student that you kind of forget is there. But when I have their name on that chart and I'm documenting every day and I notice there's nothing much for this one student other than their exit questions. There's no behaviors. Maybe I didn't help them because I also have a code for every time I stop and remediate with someone one-on-one, -on -one, I jot that down too. So if I notice a kid hasn't gotten much attention, I notice that pattern and I correct that. Hey, this student, whether they're doing really well or really poorly, needs some attention today. And so it really keeps kids from falling through the cracks, so to speak. Um, it really is something that, it is time consuming at first, once you, but once you get used to it, it's, it really takes no time because I chart while I'm talking to the kids. They know what I'm doing. And so it really gets their attention as far as behavior. They know I'm writing that down. I mean, if Joe and I are making eye contact as he is talking out and I'm writing it on my chart, he knows exactly what I'm doing. And so that usually will stop a behavior right there. I kind of equate it to the way that I observe teachers. I, I've kind of, nothing on, on your level, but the way when I go in there, there's certain little marks that I make that mm -hmm. refer to myself, you know, um, <clears throat> that this, you know, a student was, was unattentive there and the teacher right. didn't move around the room. And one thing that I like to do when observing teachers is when a student asks a question, I draw out the, the room and I just make an X for the students. And then when they ask a question, I circle them. And then I also make a T to where the teacher was. Mm -hmm. And each question right. that's asked during that time, if all the T's are in one spot, what does that tell you about the teacher? Right. It tells you that they're, they're staying in one spot. Right. And also I want to say that it sounds like this method of documentation would make that teacher walk the room because it, it's hard to tell what's absolutely. going on in the back corner. So yes. talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, that's really one of my goals is to stay as far away from my desk as I can most of the time, unless we're, you know, taking a test or something like that. Um, using this chart helps me to make sure I'm moving around the room and checking on different students, checking their engagement level. When I go to check on one particular student, since they're sitting at groups, I have the opportunity to check on the other students at that table at that time before moving on. So it makes me accountable for checking on all the students. So let's, let's talk about the benefits a little bit. You've been touching on those quite a bit, how it does benefit your students. Is, are, is there any other things that you see that you can correlate with their performance uh, and with the way that you chart this information out? Maybe a new teacher out there, what, yeah. what are some tips you might could give them on making some of these correlations in their teaching? Having all this data on one chart is a great organizational tool because you're looking at behavior, you're looking at daily exit questions, and you're looking at assessment grade data. Mm -hmm. And I often put, you know, um, their previous test score, like state test score on there, their accommodations. And so to have all that on one page is extremely beneficial because it helps you to see patterns that form or certain students to stand out for, hey, here's a red flag. They don't normally do this poorly. Something's going on this week. And it really helps me to check on those students individually in conference with them and just check on them as per 
as a person, not mm-hmm. just as a student and how they're doing in class, but what's going on with their behavior and, you know, making sure they're okay. So do you feel like there's a connection there that is drawn, uh, that the, t- the student right. is drawn closer right. to you? That, that Absolutely. It helps with forming relationships. And I would say that the chart might be responsible for some improvement in scores at times because it makes me more aware and it pulls the student into the process a little bit. They note that I'm working very hard. I'm not sitting behind my desk. I'm walking mm-hmm. around. I'm noting things in the clipboard. I care about them. And so I just have to believe that it definitely has some kind of impact on their progress. So according to <clears throat> edutopia.com, a 2021 article, and this was just inter- interesting as I was scrolling down through here, this article mentions about, and I want to get your thoughts on it, that Um, this type of classroom documentation also makes the teacher kind of reflect upon their practice. Mm -hmm. And most specifically, I'll read this to you from the data. They talking about the teacher collect can make decisions about future lessons and the educational evolution of each student. Talk about how that applies to your classroom. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times kids have taken a test or there's been an exit question where half the class missed it. And that tells me immediately either I wrote a bad question. It didn't truly reflect what I taught them that day or I didn't do a great job of teaching or they didn't get it the way that I taught it maybe there's a prerequisite skill they're missing and so yes it makes you constantly reflect on your teaching practice if the kids are not getting it I take it as a personal failure you know one or two kids not understanding yeah that's probably on the kid but if there's five six seven half the class then that's a teacher problem and I know I need to do something in my practice to correct that so that everybody is successful. You know, I can remember so many teachers before us, not going to call them any of them out, but it was like, I can't believe you guys didn't listen when I was talking about this mm-hmm. or I, we were discussing this when the entire class missed the question. Right. And, and it's so good. It's so refreshing to hear you say that, that, you know, we own it as well as educators that sometimes we do write a bad test question. Sure. Sometimes we didn't go over something that we thought it was clear to us mm-hmm. because we're the experts, but those students of those different cognitive abilities, especially, we didn't get on their level. Right. And that's that's one thing that, that I know personally that you do a great job of is, is getting on the, the level of each student. But first and foremost, you know, the documentation is great, but know your students. Right. Know your students. And that's one thing that I can commend you on that you always do a great job on is knowing your students and building those positive uh, teacher-student relationships. So we're getting close to the end here. So what advice would you give to a young educator? My first piece of advice would be you've got to love kids. You know, you've got to love the kids that are in your room and just kids in general if you don't love kids. Teaching is not for you, no matter how much you love literature or math or whatever, um, because kids will never change. They are who they are, and you have to meet them where they are. But another important piece would be you have to make whatever you learn work for you. We go to professional development, and we get some great ideas Um, We had a guest speaker that was telling us, you know, make relationships by offering candy at your desk. Well, that doesn't work for me. Um, I'm on a low sugar journey and I have kids who are too. And so I offer books instead and they know they can come get a book from me. Well, it doesn't work for me either because we have carpet in our school. So (laughs) Exactly. No, no ants. Um, But yeah, I mean, my data sheet would not work for everybody. Not everybody thinks that way, but you could take the concept of it and make it work for you. Absolutely, and I, as I'm as I'm scrolling through here on a website, this it's uh, edutopia.org. 
Um, it's a great article. It's written in 2021, so it's current. How teachers can use documentation for reflection and planning. I encourage mm -hmm. anyone to go check that out because as I scroll down through here, um, it's it's really talking about making it you right. uh, individualized for the teacher, and so um, it's some really good there. And I th these guys obviously have not sponsored. It's just something that I, I found really good on the internet here. So, Mr. Romans, I'll let you finish up with the last question. Well, all right. This is, a, this is a topic that's close to my heart as well, so I'll go ahead and ask it. What is the most, reporting, uh, the most rewarding part of education for you? For me, it's when students come back, whether they've graduated or they're just in a new grade, and they just want to talk to me, or they want to borrow a book, or they tell me they missed my class, or they remember being Romeo and Romeo and Juliet, whatever it is that they remember the fact that they remember it and that I helped them in some way and that what I did mattered to someone. That's, that really keeps me going when kids come back and I can sense that I've done something that was important in their lives. Well, as we wrap up here, first of all, you know, in other countries, uh, they have what they call master teachers and you have to get to this status, you have to get to, well, we don't have those really, I mean, you, a teacher can have a master's degree, yeah. but that's really not what we're talking about. So if we were on master uh, teacher status, Lacey, you would definitely be a master teacher. Oh, thank you. Uh, within the state of Mississippi, and I'd put you up against anybody throughout the United States. You do a tremendous job here Thanks. for our students, serving our students and wanting them to be successful. And that's that's one reason why you've been successful because your heart's in in it for the kids and about the kids so uh, we're wrapping this up i really hope you got something out of this because it was a it's a really interesting piece and it can help any type of, of educator no matter what uh, subject area you teach math english science mm -hmm. social studies whatever it is it can be helpful if someone is interested in learning more from you how can they contact you they can email me at l mcclung that's l-m-c-c-l-u-n-g at tcsk12.com and I will make this chart absolutely free to them on a Google Doc. I'm willing to share for free. That's awesome and that's the great thing about educators is we're, we're so willing to, to share things. Um, I, I know I've been blessed throughout my career to have people share things with me that work and some things that don't work um, and, but I was just as I was scrolling through earlier today I found a uh, professional development for 20 bucks so maybe if it gets <laughs> if it takes off from here you might start charging absolutely. some people. So. <laughs> Um, really great to have you here, Lacey McClung, with us. Um, Thank you for coming in. Appreciate you so much. Uh, she, she's wonderful at what she does. So this is episode three, Practical Education. We, if you're still with us, we appreciate you listening and hope you can get something out of it. Uh, so we're three episodes in, Brandon. That's what do right. you think about it so far? Hey, we're on a roll. We'll keep going. And there again, still keep sending in your questions, comments, or advice to us at practicaleducationpodcast at gmail.com. We always love hearing from everyone. And we enjoy seeing where our listeners are from. So whoever you are in Moscow that's listening to us, tell your friends uh, about our podcast, especially educators, and maybe we can get some more listens over there. No, but really, we really do appreciate all the, the positive support that we've had. But, but at the end of the day, this is just about hopefully helping some educator somewhere uh, get a nugget or something that can make them better because when they become better, that means that the students uh, benefit from that, and that's why ultimately everyone in this room is here. So for Dax Glover, Brandon Romans, and Mrs. Lacey McClung, Episode 3, Practical Education, thank you for joining. Good afternoon, and God bless.